I'll be riding shotgun underneath the hustle. Feeling like someone. You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd on Dubai Eye 103.8. Live from Expo 2020 Dubai. Hi, guys. It's Mark Lloyd from Lunch with Lloyd. And we had a fabulous time down at Expo 2020 this week. And we checked out lots of things to see and do. Um, we explored the Guinea Pavilion, which is very unusual. Uh, we were joined by uh, Fatoumet Konda, who is uh, the, uh, the boss over there at the Guinea Pavilion. We talk music with Shilpa Ananth, who's going to be performing this weekend here at Expo 2020. And we also went on our Wednesday wanderings with Nada. And boy, she dug up some great stuff. She took us to the Women's Pavilion and also to the Arif Pavilion as well. Uh, Japan was on the menu and the Japanese Pavilion. And we were joined by Eiko Yabanaka, who told us all about the message that Japan is bringing, of course, to the UAE and how much they're looking forward to taking the next Expo to Osaka. Do enjoy the podcast and uh, I'll be back live with you of course weekdays from 11 o'clock only on Dubai Eye 103.8 This is Dubai Eye 103.8 You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd Yes, indeed, and uh, welcome back into the show, Lunch with Lloyd, getting lots of messages coming along. We're asking you guys today to complete the sentence. Um, the thing I love most about Expo 2020 is, and uh, thank you, Layla, for your message. Um, it's finally happening, even though the world, what, even though what the world has been through, it symbolizes hope, strength, and survival. Thank you for that, uh, Layla. And Alex, um, you love the fact uh, that it's the unity of 192 countries under one roof. Now, one of those countries is Guinea and we're very happy to have joining us right now uh, Fatimata Conde who's the communications manager for the Guinea Pavilion how are you I'm very good thank you for having me it's a pleasure so if I asked you that question uh, the thing I love most about Expo 2020 is what would it be definitely meeting all the people who have been coming in on the pavilion talking to them, seeing how everyone is so excited to be all together here in Dubai for the Expo. It's been wonderful. Yeah, and I think we can all echo that. So first of all, let's find out exactly uh, where Guinea is and what it's most well known for. So Guinea is a country located in West Africa on the Atlantic coast. And uh, it's true, if you're in the business environment, you'll know us mostly for mining. But if you're interested more in culture and history and uh, heritage, you'll know it's more for tourism. So people really like to come, and especially for hiking. We have beautiful, beautiful mountains and lots of very pristine nature. People really love it. It sounds beautiful, doesn't it? And, uh, you know, I, I could do with a bit of hiking myself. <laughs> we just went around the mobility. <laughs> that was enough hiking for us. But, you know, it's funny. I, I bumped into uh, Fatima. We were at an event here at Expo, and she said, yes, I'm from Guinea. And I went, oh, Papua New Guinea. She said, no, Guinea. Yeah. Does that happen a lot? <laughs> it happens almost every day. Every wow. single time someone comes in the pavilion, the first question is, I've heard several countries with the name Guinea. Why? What does it mean? So then it gets us the uh, opportunity to talk to people about the history of our country, how we came to be, and essentially the, the shortest way to explain is, it's true, several countries have Guinea in the name, but we are Republic of Guinea. The other ones will have, for example, Papua New Guinea, you'll have uh, Equatorial Guinea or Guinea-Bissau, mm. yeah. but we are located in West Africa, just on the coast, 
and we are the only one who speaks French. So that's the easiest way. <laughs> Bonjour. <laughs> so what are you showcasing um, at Expo in your Guinea Pavilion? So our pavilion is located in the sustainability district. And we really decided to focus ourselves on the thematic of water. Because, of course, when you talk okay. about sustainability, it's uh, one of the biggest issues. But also it's because our country has an abundance of water, which is also interesting in terms of tourism. And uh, we really want to showcase, of course, the nat nature aspect, but also the different rites and traditions that have been throughout the ages um, focused around water. And uh, one of the cool things we also have on Apivian, which people really love, is uh, outside, and thank you to the Expo team who have been wonderful in helping us make this come true, is we actually brought in a very, very special uh, feature uh, that we placed outside the pavilion. It's okay. a Nimba um, mask. It's a statue. And next to it, you have a throne of prosperity. That is exactly why she's here right. today. <laughs> so I think we're going there, aren't we, later yes. on? So this is the story. I invited her today because she told me there's a statue they've brought over and it has a, a lot of good luck. She said, you just need to sit on it. Yeah. I said, well, how, how do I know it works? And then a gentleman who was next to us as well last week, he said, well, let's just say the lady who sat on it last week is pregnant now. <laughs> I'm like, me and Mark are going to make our wishes on that chair. Well, that's going to be something special. I'm looking forward to that a little bit later on today. I've got to think of my best wish. Uh, now, um, we've been digging up a few fun facts about, about yeah. Guinea. Um, one of them is, uh, is a musical fact. And singer-songwriter Monicante is from Guinea. I didn't know yes, that. Yes. No, uh, his biggest hit was something called Yaki Yaki, which uh, was recorded in 1987. Have a listen. That is brilliant. Isn't it? And it went on to sell over a million copies. How can you not dance and move to that? You know, yeah. that I mean, that must be played everywhere. In, <laughs> Absolutely. In Guinea, I mean, right? it's been 30 years, but you can still see how it's still relevant today. I mean, you play it in any club, people will start dancing. How important is music in in your country as well? It's very, it's very central to our culture. Mm. Um, in the different regions of the country, because we are a multi-ethnic country too. Yeah. We have about 23 different tribes in the country but all have different rights around uh, music and musical instruments. And that's also one thing that's showcased on our pavilion. We have a whole section of the pavilion on the topic of music and the role it has played in the culture. And we showcase some of the instruments and people can come and listen to some music actually from Guinea. And it's really interesting to see whether it's, we have like music and different dances for all occasions, whether it's, for example, um, planting crops. There are special dances for that. Oh. Whether it's uh, for um, when a child is born, you have yeah. sp uh, specific music and dances for that or for weddings. So every occasion has its own uh, musical element. I love that. Yeah, it's really fun. <laughs> All right, so that was one fact. Uh, we came uh, <laughs> up uh, uh, with another one. It, it was in the uh, Nimba Mountains of Guinea that chimpanzees were first observed using tools to chop up and reduce food into smaller bite-sized portions. Are they portions. more intelligent right? in that part of the world? Yes, I, I love that you found this fact because it's little known and it's actually something that we talk about on the pavilion as well in our biodiversity section. So this is the chimps in the Bosu region, yes, in the yeah. Nimba Mountain. And it's because they've been living in close harmony with the villagers around 
that they've started to mimic some human traits, such as using tools. And uh, some scientists have also observed that they have also buried some of their deads, actually. Wow. Yeah, so those are typical human um, behaviors that they have mimics. It's because they've lived so close to the humans around them, and they've seen how they've been living, so they have mimicked. So you have some interesting research projects uh, with some scientists that are trying to see what happened to see exactly the relationship with, between the villagers and the chimps. And yeah, it's They're going to have their own radio nice. show soon <laughs> if they carry on. Uh, we've got a message coming from Elisa. What is your favorite uh, Guinean instrument? I mean, do you have traditional Ooh. African instruments? Yes, we have a lot. Um, I would say personally, probably my favorite, it's called the, the balafon. It's a bit like a xylophone yeah. and you just play it and it's what the reason why I like it so much is that this one is really typically originally from Guinea. So the first one was built around 800 years ago and it still exists right now in Guinea. And it's been preserved by the same um, musical family that's, really? uh, yeah, they're in charge from father to son. And they teach the sons and, and the children of the village how to play this instrument. And only the members of the family are allowed to actually physically touch it. But what's interesting is it's still used today as the mark for all the other balafons that are used because it's an instrument very prevalent in West African music in general. But the first one is from Guinea, and it's still used really as the marker for all the next ones that were My produced. Goodness. Yeah, for 800 historical, years. Yeah, historical yeah. instrument. Final facts. Traditional healers are more popular than doctors in Guinea when it comes to treating um, illnesses. Is that true? Uh, it can be true um, in both sides. It's true that people have been very living closely in, uh, with nature. Mm. So they've always looked at uh, traditional alternatives also. And uh, of course, Western medicine is also very used. But people look into nature and seeing how... Um, like those, you know, those grandmas. Uh, old recipes. Old recipes yeah. I use them to this day, trust me. <laughs> Saying, for example, if you have a cold, then drink this tea and things yeah, like yeah, this. So, yeah. yeah, people really, they do try to have a more natural. Holistic way. Yes, holistic way, definitely. Yeah. yeah. It sounds amazing. I'm so looking forward to going visiting and Guinea. I need to find some more music now and just dance because <laughs> I've still got that song in my head. Yeke, yeke. Can, you can stop by the pavilion and we'll dance. We Let's have music. Do that. We'll dance. Yeah. <laughs> Great stuff. Well, um, so it's been fabulous having you on the show, uh, Fatimata Conde, uh, communications manager for the Guinea Pavilion here at Expo 2020. And we'll see you later where we're going to make our wishes. <laughs> this is Lunch with Lloyd. On Dubai Eye 103.8. Yes, indeed. Welcome back to uh, Lunch with Lloyd and our lunch, of course, at Expo 2020 today. Now, there's no two ways about it. One of the busiest pavilions that I have seen, and probably one of my favorites as well, is the Japan Pavilion. There's always a queue people waiting to, to get in, and there's a lot to be seen once you get in there. Uh, a great tour, very entertaining. It could, could take maybe an hour, uh, but we were lucky enough to visit last week, and it blew us away. Yeah, I mean, it's beautiful on the outside, and inside's really fascinating visually it's stunning as well it is now uh, who better to tell us more about the pavilion than uh, Eiko Yabunaka who uh, is the secretary general how are you Thank you for having me. It's, I'm very fine. It's a pleasure. You're from Tokyo, aren't yes, you? Yes, I'm from Tokyo. Oh, what a great city that is. Now, <laughs> first, let me ask you a little bit about the design. Of the, yes. the outside design yes. is very striking. What's, what's all that based on? So I think uh, maybe some of the people have noticed it's the famous origami. 
that we have, the folding paper design, but also a mixture with the arabesque design. So our architect, when she first saw the arabesque design, she thought there was some similarity with the Japanese culture. So she finally mixed it, combined it together, yeah. and we put the two countries' uh, culture together okay. as a f welcoming entrance. Yeah, origami is fascinating. Can you, yeah. can you do it? Did you? Yes, yes, of course, we do it from <laughs> our from children. Yeah, they do it from kids. <laughs> maybe you can, you know, fold it me some paper before you sure, leave. Sure, maybe sure. a little, little dragon or something yes. like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we, we went... We both went there and we thought we'd just been there for 15 minutes and they said the whole experience is a room-to-room -room experience. So can you tell everybody what the experience is about and why it's important to go into each room? Yeah, so the reason why it's a guided tour for one hour, which I think for Expo is a long tour, is that we want to share our ideas because our theme is where ideas meet. So we first start with the encounters of stories about Japan itself and the long history and culture that we have cultivated in this next scene. And in the third scene, I think many people from Japan, they will exhibit a lot of innovation. And we are showing the innovation in a very special way, which I think you have saw, which is a little miniatures, yeah. which we called mitate. Mitate is a Japanese, for example, the famous cherry blossom. You see it as a little button. So this is expressing our technology to say that you can see things differently. It's okay to see things differently. And it's important that each of us see things differently, even if we are seeing the same thing, because that's how we're going to make the world better, because that's why we take you to the issues and challenges that we have. And then at the very climax scene, we're taking you all together in this misty area again to show that we are borderless. We are all different, but we are borderless. Yeah. And we are living in the same world, and you will see your new self with our little avatars that we are playing yeah. by and taking you can start your records. Running, start yes. running around yes. as well. I remember that. So the, the sprinting around the as last As much room. as you sprint around, yeah. you will have your new avatars coming up. And that's your new self. So you visited our pavilion. You take our tour. You, you meet your new self. You meet others. And that's how we come together to make a better future. Yeah, these little miniatures that you were talking about. I saw one um, that was anime characters yes. as well, which uh, yes. is, of course, super popular here yes. in Dubai as well. Yes. So it's the famous Gundam that we have. Yeah. And actually, it's a miniature, so it's a very small miniature that you see. But if you go to Yokohama, which is next to Tokyo, you will actually see the huge robot. Yeah. That's, this is amazing. It's, animation is also fascinating, right? Yeah. What happened is they me made the real animation into reality. So that robot is now real in Yokohama in our city. <laughs> you will see it. Well, when it comes to technology, um, <laughs> the, the, the Japanese are just, wow, way they, ahead. So all those little miniature, you know, like they're so, up, so how can I say it, done to perfection yes. when you look closely. Were they all made in Japan and flown over here for this? Yes, actually, it's made by one artist. What? He must have been working very hard. <laughs> and he's called Mr. Tanaka Tatsuya. And he, he sees things very differently. And so, yes, he has started working in Japan. And then we brought all the items together, and he came to build it to here assemble in them Dubai here. to assemble it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that, that is, that is just have, amazing. must have a good eye. Yes, yeah, yes. good eye and a very steady hand. Yeah, so yeah. like if you see his Instagram, like uh, every day he, he puts up every new items that he comes up with. Wow. So it's fascinating the way he sees the world very differently. But the very important thing is we're talking about tsunami, 
when we talk about tsunami in his way, it's the little dominoes that maybe you have seen in our pavilion. Mm. Why do we do it in domino? It's because it looks like a tsunami, but what we want to convey is that we have found a solution to detect the tsunami and send an alert so that everyone can evacuate. But we're doing it in an expo way, so that's why we're having the little dominoes to show it. So even children can understand maybe about the tsunami. They don't have to go deeply inside. They can feel it their own way. So that's why we have asked uh, Mr. Tanaka to join us. I want to meet this guy. Yeah, yes. I think you ought to. Now, that's something that you did, I didn't get to do it, is sample <laughs> Japanese cuisine. Yes, so I was starving, obviously. <laughs> I always am. And when I came out, what's the restaurant called outside? It's called Sushiro. Yeah. So when you come out of the whole ambience and the there was there's a piece of nature connection i felt like i was sitting in the middle of a street in tokyo and these waitresses were shouting in my ear and it was the most it was a very street feeling kind of uh food food cafe and at one point i said to the gentleman excuse me can i can i get a napkin he went okay 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 i won't ask anything else but the food was great yes good food yes so the reason why is because we're it's a raw fish right so the raw fish has to be very freshly actively right mm. so that's why when you enter a sushi restaurant it's so active yeah it was like quick 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 yes <laughs> i loved it you go there for the ambience and it's the conveyor belts yeah they have know? a conveyor belt at the bottom and then th- when you order it, it comes at the top just for you and literally i ordered my food i think it came within 60 seconds wow it was crazy yes yeah Any, and anything you'd recommend yeah, of course, it's like the tuna, but the fatty, fatty tuna as well. We have three types of tuna even as a tuna because we love fish so much. And it's the experience that you order by the panel. And as you said, it's just coming to your rain. So no one is touching it. Yeah. So yeah. it's just specially dedicated to serve to you. And the queues are long. I mean, I waited. This is the longest queue I've waited in an expo. 30 minutes yes, and it was yes, worth it yeah, yeah. <laughs> worth every every minute now of course uh, when you come to the end of yes, your tour in yes. your japanese pavilion mm-hmm. um it's very proudly um on the wall there that japan will be hosting yes. uh, the next one how do you feel about that yeah so we're very happy and we're very touched because the first expo as uae well before the uae has participated was the osaka expo in 1970 yes and after fa- 50 years in congratulating your jubilee you're passing on to us again for the 2025. So we're very honored to participate here in Dubai and then receive the flag back again to Japan as well. So we see the two countries very close tie, even in the expo. Mm. And we're very excited is that uh, with our smartphones, we're asking you all to leave a message of what you have thought. So we're not only making our expo alone, but we're making it with your ideas Mm -hmm. because this is what's important, the diverse idea Let's talk about the social issue or challenges that we have to face and let's participate. Let us participate all for the next four years so we can make a better future. So this is how we're playing with the smartphones and asking you to leave a message. So it's all about coming together. That, yes, that's, that's the real yes. message that I took away from it. Yes, if we yes. work together, yes. we can achieve yes. uh, absolutely anything. Tell me about the city where it's going to be uh, hosted. Yeah, so it's Osaka is like the most active city with a lot of uh, its own culture, food stuff. Yeah. And also the Kansai area, we call it, is including, of course, the, our ancient capital, Kyoto. So you will see different areas, even if we say Osaka, Kansai. 
Uh, it's different cultures with nature, with culture. So I think even if you just have a chance to go to Osaka Kansai area, you will see quite a part of uh, Japan as well, and yeah. we're all welcoming you. I feel another trip to Japan coming <laughs> on. I've, I've been to Kyoto, and I've been lucky enough to go to Tokyo, but never Osaka. Uh, so oh. that would be the perfect opportunity, wouldn't yes, it? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Uh, and let me ask you, before we let you go, um, your kind of thoughts on Expo 2020, uh, maybe some of the things that you've enjoyed seeing uh, around the site. Yes, yeah, so I think uh, the most thing is the, the happy faces. Like I think in COVID-19, it was really hard for us to gather together physically. So I think uh, we really thank the 2020 Expo and uh, the UAE government for making this real because we were very worried about what will happen in the one year postponement. So the happy faces that we see every day is like, uh, it used to be normal, but it wasn't normal under no. the COVID-19. Yeah. So it's... Yeah. More than anything. And, and I must say, um, your staff at, at, the, uh, at your pavilion yes. are absolutely fantastic. You know, they greeted me with, with the bow you, yes. and, and took me through there. And uh, they were just fantastic, just yes. uh, amazing. I would ho definitely recommend if you're coming down here to visit uh, the Japanese uh, pavilion. Aiko, it's been a real pleasure to have a thank chat you, with you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is Dubai Eye 103.8. You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd. You certainly are, and welcome back into the show. Um, lots of messages coming along. We're asking you to complete the sentence. The thing I love most about Expo 2020 is, and thank you, Jason. Uh, I love your message. The thing I love most about Expo 2020 is the wonderment in the children's eyes. My daughter cannot stop talking about it. It's always a pleasure. We look forward to it each and every Wednesday. Welcome in, into the studios at Nada, our uh, resident tour guide. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Yeah, very good. Um, and, of course, you always um, bump up the numbers when it comes to uh, pavilions that you've visited. So um, where are we at at the moment? How many stamps are in that passport? Oh, my God. I actually feel like I haven't checked this morning. I'm really? going to get back to you with okay. that number get at the end of the show. Uh, yeah. But there have been so many that I've seen just over the last two days. So I'll update yeah. you about those. I do know it's over 50 for sure. <laughs> for because sure. Because that's what it, where <laughs> we're at last week. Uh, now, um, earlier on this morning, um, Punam and I just had a, a bit of a whistle-stop tour of uh, this fantastic building that stands behind us but you've had the opportunity to really explore this pavilion yeah so i did get the chance to see the mobility pavilion which is right behind us and it is one of expo's three signature pavilions uh, mobility sustainability and opportunity so it's actually also called elif uh, yeah. which is the first letter of the Arabic alphabet. So in terms of architecture, I actually love the fact, um, you know, when you see it, it kind of looks like these um, discs that are layered or stacked on top of each other. So okay. something's in motion. So that yeah. was pretty, pretty cool. Um, it's also inspired by aircraft wings. Now, the architects behind it are actually the same ones that are behind the House of Wisdom in Sharjah. Uh, the future Zayed National Museum, which I cannot wait to open in mm -hmm, Abu Dhabi. Right. And also uh, a lot of Apple stores around the world. Interestingly, one in uh, Singapore Mar Marina Bay, uh, which I thought was beautiful. Just kind of looked it up and it was such a nice, nice building. And that company is yep. called Foster and Partners. So with that, I went inside and we basically stand in a room with this girl in the center. Did, did you guys get to experience yeah, that? Yeah, and um, she's kind of reaching up to, to the sky. Exactly. And I was just talking to Poonam. I don't know if you guys realized you guys were in an elevator. Were we really? Yeah, that was an elevator. That's an so elevator. <laughs> I felt, I felt the, the, the floor moving a little bit, but I didn't realize we were going up. Yep, and it is the world's largest 
passenger lift. Wow. Yeah. Things that you learn, <laughs> things that you learn every day. Because I thought, you know, we watched a, a little bit of a presentation, something happening on the ceiling, and then they opened the doors. So I thought we were on the same exactly. level. Exactly. So it didn't feel like we were moving, right? <laughs> no but wonder we couldn't find our way out. <laughs> <laughs> pretty dark in there, too. But that elevator can actually hold up to 160 people. So it is yeah. a pretty massive one as well. Now, with that, as soon as I kind of went inside to the third level, I was shocked to see these three times larger than life size giants of Ibn Battuta, Al-Bakri, and Ibn Majid. And all three are scholars and explorers. Mm. Um, so these replicas were actually created by a Kiwi New Zealand company. And uh, they are the same ones who worked on films like Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. So they're definitely um, doing something great even here as well. And if these giants were actually made to stand up, they would be nearly 16 meters tall. Really? Yes. <laughs> so they are definitely tall, tall, tall. So good thing they're sitting down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, their clothes are also made of about one and a half kilometers of fabric in each piece of clothing. Can you imagine? Yeah. Um, they had to dress these guys with forklifts and cranes. Uh, they also, I mean, in terms of making the replicas, they had to, of course, replicate the beards that these guys have. So to do that, they actually drilled 20,000 individual holes in their faces to insert the beards. I mean, just the <laughs> amount of detail that's, yeah. that's gone into it. And I, I can't imagine how they got them in there. I, I mean, know. I was trying to think, you know, did they ship them in yeah, from New Zealand? Did they build them here? Did they bring the legs first? And, <laughs> okay, we can get the arms in now today. What, what about the head? Which body part should we insert? <laughs> and, and, you know, the, the eyes that they also have are also 3D printed. So there's a lot yeah. of tech, really cool stuff, you know, when you're only looking at those statues alone. Now, on the walls, they also have a kind of sculpture that's known as a bas relief. And I want to tell you a little bit about that. So they've got 200 human figures, about 100 animals, and 100 vehicles on it. Okay. And they are trying to tell you the history of human mobility from tribes that used to wander and travel by camel to inventing footwear, and then on to vehicles, airplanes, and ships. So wow. I thought that was pretty cool, especially because a few years ago I was in Armenia and I was in a museum and I actually saw the world's oldest leather shoe uh, made with cowhide, right? right? So it really gets you thinking, right? Back then, one of the main reasons people started actually wearing shoes was to protect their feet, right? Because they were walking yeah. for such long, long distances. And today we've got a whole industry that's created certain high-heeled shoes that are almost painful to walk in. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's ironic, isn't it? Things really? have changed, yeah, indeed. Isn't it ironic? So uh, we've got the three explorers uh, in there. I mean, it, it would take quite uh, quite a bit of time to get around the whole um, pavilion, wouldn't it? I'd, I'd say you could leave 45 minutes an hour. Exactly, if not longer, um, depending, on, of course, on, on the crowds inside. Yeah. And, you know, to read a lot of the facts, because they do have some really interesting trivia inside, it yeah. would take a little bit of extra time. Um, some that I'll even tell you now, if yeah, you'd like go to, ahead. to hear. So we, of course, use taxis, right? We call them cabs and the cab we use today is actually an abbreviation of the word cabriolet i did uh, not know that no, no i did not know <laughs> that either and that was a horse-drawn carriage that was designed in paris wow yeah that's the fun fact number one yeah. i'll tell you two more yeah the hot air balloon was invented by the montgolfier brothers in 1783 so that's actually even long before the wright brothers took their first flight now, guess who the, the first passengers on that hot air balloon were? 
Oh, was it one of the explorers that's lying down in there? Uh, no, not humans. Interestingly, oh. there were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. <laughs> I'm not sure why these guys signed up for that, but yeah. apparently they were the first passengers. Um, and then finally, they also talk a little bit about the Arabian camel, right? So that's the one humped camel. Yeah. Now, a lot of people think that that hump is water, right? Mm -hmm. But that hump actually consists or stores up to 80 pounds of fat, which a camel can break down into water and energy when food is not available. So that's his snack then on, 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 on the <laughs> exactly, back of his back. Exactly, on the back yeah, of his yeah. back. So Isn't once he eats it, of course, that snack just becomes smaller and smaller. <laughs> so you've learned all this from, uh, from Arif. Yep. From yeah. Exactly. So really, really informative. Um, they also talk about the UAE's first venture to another planet. So okay. the more recent uh, Hope Probe yeah, that was launched exactly in July of 2020 and reached orbit earlier this year in February. So that mission actually will mean a minimum of two years in orbit where they're gathering weather and climate data. Now, it is really interesting because we as humans cannot actually survive there. Uh, and the reason why is that the air is 95% carbon dioxide, which is too high without additional oxygen, okay, right? Yeah. So I learned inside that the UAE has a new Mars project that is due by year 2117. So that will be, of course, after my time. Yeah. Uh, but they are creating a city where a team of astronauts will live in a simulated environment for one year so that they can actually live on Mars by year 2117. Isn't it amazing what is in there? And I, I, I can understand after listening to you why so many schools are going into the, uh, the Arif Pavilion because it's such a learning experience about the past and about the future. Yep, and all the kids are trying to take a picture also in an astronaut outfit. Yeah. <laughs> so I did that as well. So you'll find a photo of me behind the helmet. Uh, really cool. And of course, it is dedicated to Hope Probe, the recent mission. Excellent. You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd on Dubai Eye 103.8. Yeah, welcome back to the show. Uh, good to hear from you, Finn. Great show as always. I haven't been to the expo yet. You've got to put that to rights, Finn. It really is well worth uh, a great day out. And we're asking you to complete uh, the sentence. The thing I love most about Expo 2020 is, and uh, I would have to say, the uh, thing I love most now is, uh, is Nada's photograph as, a, uh, as an astronaut. Isn't that cool, eh? It was cool. That no, was a lot of fun. How do they do that? You just take a picture and they reflect it onto the helmet. Onto the helmet and yeah. it looks like you are the astronaut. Exactly. Yeah. I was happy to. Very cool. All right. Well, we've taken a look uh, at uh, Aleph, the uh, the mobility pavilion. Uh, there's something specially for ladies here, the women's pavilion, and uh, you've been exploring over there as well. Yeah. So uh, this was pretty amazing. One of the first uh, things that I actually read when I stepped in there was a sign that said the Matilda effect. And I was just thinking, what is the Matilda effect, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, they ask, have you ever wondered why we don't hear enough about women in the history of science? Well, that is called the Matilda effect, where a woman scientist's contributions are attributed to a man. So one example that they gave was a woman whose name is Dame Bernal. And she was the first astronomer to actually observe a celestial object, created a device to understand the cosmos, but it was her PhD male supervisor who won the Nobel Prize. He took the credit. He took the credit. Okay. So they, of course, shine light on, you know, certain uh, things like that. But they have a, a really incredible Women's Hall of Fame celebrating many yeah. famous firsts in women's history. Uh, so, for instance, they had Frida Kahlo, uh, 
Cleopatra, Zaha Hadid, uh, and Justice Ruth Ginsburg. So really inspiring. And they also bring to your attention these unbelievable facts about the, the sad realities in the world uh, about women. So for example, 132 million girls still do not attend school. Um, women are paid 16% less than their male colleagues. Uh, how we have only about... 193 countries, but only 22 of them are led by women, right, around the world. So I just think that it was a very educational pavilion in that sense, and it helps raise awareness about bias. Yeah, it sounds very interesting, um, does that. And, um, yeah, some, uh, some interesting facts uh, over there. What, what else did you get to see in, in the pavilion? So they definitely kind of highlight a lot of uh, different topics, so whether it's, for instance, women in business, right? So right. a lot of women entrepreneurs, they face a lot of uh, needless hurdles uh, to access things like funding or mentorship or anything like that. Okay. So they do bring that to light, uh, but also just about what we can actually do to correct that problem, right? So 2020 has kind of been a reflection year for so many people. And so topics like this, like, you know, women inequality, uh, global warming and that sort of thing, Mm -hmm. those have come to light. And I think a lot more people are paying attention to them in a way that they weren't maybe perhaps as much before. Uh, So the Women's Pavilion really caters to that really in in, in a complete sense to the women of today and the women of tomorrow. Yeah, um, sounds like a very interesting pavilion to go along and and see. Is it just open for women or? or No, no, no. Men can go on. Of course, you are are allowed in, exactly. (laughs) And when I walked in, there were probably more men even than than there were women. So it was interesting to see a lot of men even learning about those things. Yeah, yeah. Good, good for you. Um, so that's uh, an interesting uh, place to go along and see. Now, I, I know you've been stopping off at some uh, very cool food spots as well. I have. Along the way. <laughs> and the first one uh, today, this morning, was El Bake. So that is Saudi's famous fried chicken joint. Uh, and they've got a no-frills, very affordable and high-quality ethos. Uh, and apparently a secret recipe, which consists of 18 spices and herbs. So I have seen every time these incredibly long lines outside, uh, which have just honestly just discouraged me from going in just because I wasn't going to wait. I was too hungry most of the times. So I decided to go in this morning. And at 10 a.m., I actually tried to make my way in, and thankfully no queue, queue. and had my first chicken burger at El Bake at... At 10:45 in the morning, and did it then. live up to expectations? Oh, you know, yes. d- does it justify those long queues? <laughs> it does. It does. It absolutely does. For a fried chicken burger, it absolutely does. I, it came with a spicy chicken sauce as well. A really nice kick to it. Some pickles, jalapenos. And this is just for breakfast. This is for breakfast. <laughs> so I honestly, I was so full walking out, but it was so worthwhile. And guess how much it cost me, Mark? Ooh, um, chicken burger. I'm, I'm going to go. 45? <gasps> 9.5 dirhams. Oh, yep, all that's right. The now cost. we're talking. Exactly. That's the cost of the burger alone. So I definitely think that that was one of the more affordable options that I've seen. Yep. But there are a lot of great other restaurants as well worth visiting. And one of the ones which also blew me away was Morocco. So they have two restaurants and one on the seventh floor is a gastronomic experience. So I had a number of dishes to try. Two of them were out of this world 
melt in your mouth fantastic out of this world yeah. melt in your mouth fantastic <laughs> yes. and that's coming from a tour guide who knows yeah. where all the restaurants are exactly so one of them actually was called the chicken pastilla and this is a chicken that's wrapped in a phyllo pastry sheet and the key key thing there was the honey and the cinnamon and almonds that they had nice. on top drizzled nice. another dish that they had there was called the beef tagine and that came with prunes dried apricots and figs and that was wow mm, mm. Um, but my last adventure in terms of food in uh, the last few days was at the Australia Pavilion. And I finally decided to try Vegemite. I don't know if I'm pronouncing oh, yeah. this right. Yeah, the Vegemite sandwich. Yes, the Vegemite sandwich. And I had that with grilled cheese. Um, and they're famous also for their bigger grilled cheese. Yeah. I have to say, that was interesting. <laughs> Vegemite, Vegemite is maybe not It's, it's for an me. acquired taste, <laughs> it is. for sure. <laughs> but what they had as well um, was an Anzac cheesecake, which was delicious, and that came with a passion fruit flavor. Yeah. So those and were some uh, of the they bites. They kind of set it out like a, like a barbecue yard, haven't they? They have. In Australia. So you feel like, yes, you're kind of in someone's backyard and you're just kind of hanging out with yeah. friends. It's a really nice, cool setup. Mm. Um, and the other restaurants, some of them are inside the country pavilions. Others are in dining halls. So it just depends on where you are. Uh, I also, just so you know, noticed a, a new feature at the expo. So they've got this taxi service now. So if you would like to be dropped off from one place to the other, you can actually hop on one of those taxis for a flat 10 dirham fee. So that will take okay. you from point A to point B. Yeah. Or you can rent it out for an entire hour for 250 dirhams. That's not bad at all, is it? Yeah. yeah. So they have this as an, an option. Well, because what, is it the cabrio, cabriole? <laughs> exactly. There you go. The cabriole. <laughs> cabriole. <laughs> exactly. The cabriole, French, and now cab. Yeah. Shortened for, for us to remember. Cool. Well, um, you've certainly been doing very, very well. Um, what's on your agenda then this afternoon? Is it more tours? Or? Well, exactly. More tours, but outside of Expo. So back in the old city. Back back to the city. Yep. Uh, if people want to follow you on your uh, adventures and maybe come on one of your tours, um, where do they need to head to? Wanderwithnada.com. Wanderwithnada.com. That is where you need to be if uh, you want to learn a lot about this beautiful country that we live in. And I'll tell you, nobody knows more about Expo than uh, uh, Nada. We'll, let, we'll catch you again next week. Fantastic. This is Lunch with Lloyd. On Dubai Eye 103.8. Well, once again, here at uh, Expo 2020, we just love to talk uh, music. And a young lady who's got a gig here this weekend is Shilpa Ananth. I'll say good afternoon Woo-hoo. to you, Shilpa. How are you doing? I'm so well, Mark. How are you? Very, very good. So tell me, what are you going to be performing at uh, Expo this weekend? So I'm playing there on Friday, November 5th at about 10.30pm at the big Jubilee stage. And uh, I'm going to be playing all my original music. So everything I do is like a mix of Indian music mixed with jazz and R&B. And it's a fusion of sounds from the East and the West. So it's going to be different languages. It's going to be English mixed with Tamil, with Malayalam, Hindi, Arabic, like... All wow. the cultures that I feel I'm a part of, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. So that's going to be um, a real feast for the uh, ears. Just tell me a little bit about your background and, uh, you know, how you got into music and uh, where it all started for you, Shilpa. Absolutely. So I grew up in Dubai, actually. So, you know, was here for the first 17 years of my life. My childhood was here. And uh, essentially, that gave me a lot of uh, understanding and influence into the Middle Eastern culture and music as well. And at the same time, my parents are very much traditional and uh, have that whole South Indian uh, classical music background. So they wanted me to study South Indian uh, Carnatic music. It's called it's classical South Indian music. Yeah. So I started studying that at the age of three. 
and uh, but growing up in dubai it was like a huge mix of cultures already being you know being a part of the, you know the scene here and so uh grew up and then once i was like in my teenage years at that was when i started listening to a lot of uh jazz and r&b and so like there was a lot of varika patu and then i was ella fitzgerald and nina simone and nora jones was also getting big at the time so yeah. i started uh, really experimenting with my sound and and felt like there was a place for me in those western styles and then what happened was i moved to india to study my first college my degree uh, first degree was in psychology and media communications and once i was finishing up with that degree i found out that berkeley college of music boston the original one was coming all the way to india to do a world tour auditions and i auditioned a month later i got in i got a scholarship and then in 2010 i i mean 2011 i moved to boston the us wow studied there yeah T- tell me what it was like um studying at the berkeley college of music because that is one legendary music college yeah. that has turned out some of the greatest musicians of all time absolutely it was a dream come true it was an insane experience because i you know when they came for the auditions at that point i was just like okay i'm going to i'm going to try out for this i'm very serious this is what i want to do with my life but i don't know if i'm going to get in i don't know what they're looking for and let's see let them say no to me and so it was just this like attitude of i'm going to do my best and then we see how it goes and getting in getting in on scholarship everything just felt like it was a dream come true like a sign from the gods and i just had to follow follow the path um and like going there studying there it, it just was insane an experience because i was meeting people from all parts of the world and just so rich in cultural and diverse history just learning so much about people and and in general like other styles of music and and just traditions from other parts of the world that i you know just was exposed to in a completely different way the very global setting over there so it felt um very much uh, new and unnerving and at the same time uh it pushed me to grow and, yeah. and exposed me so much so it was it was an amazing experience so what instruments do you play shilpa So I, my main instrument is my voice and then at Berkeley I learned uh, some basic keyboards as well so I can yeah. work on my own music and create my demos and everything with my basic keyboard skills but my main instrument I would say is my voice yes Okay let me ask you about your uh, recent released Fear um tell yeah. me about the story of of this song and it's a very rhythmical song we're going to hear um something yeah. from it very shortly uh, just tell me the story behind it All right so actually in 2019 was when I wrote the song and at that point I was just going through this place I think there's an artist you kind of always just wondering okay is this my past like you see other you know when you start comparing yourself that's the worst thing you can do but at the same time you just like oh, there's like in terms of society and its milestones I see everyone else you know moving forward and you know getting the house the kids the car the yeah. the you know that life and I was just wondering like what am i doing wrong or am i doing something right or is this what am i supposed to be doing and i think all these fears were just eating me alive and all of these thoughts of just like is this my path should i change is it too late to change my path like um maybe i need to be doing something else and i and or what do i really want and so at at one point and there's also this like societal pressure just being a woman and just being from uh from i guess from india there's all, all of these other pressures that come through so i think I was just struggling a lot of different people's opinions and thoughts and my own kind of uh feelings and that was the place that this song was born from because at that point I was just like you know what I'm just going to have to sit down and express this and and write it because if I don't I'm going to explode and maybe this is the last song I write maybe I won't write anything else after this but 
for now, let me just put these thoughts down. Let me put these um, feelings down. And that was how fear was born. And then, and then actually it became like a place of a jumping point at that because, and then I've been writing ever since it just opened up the floodgates of all of the things I wanted to express. And, and it's been one after the other been a blessing and an opportunity. So it's actually worked out that what I thought was the end was just the beginning. And I think that's what it means to be an artist as well, I guess. Let's hear it. The song fear. Well, there it is then, Fear from uh, Shilpa and Anthony. Interesting video that goes along with that as well. I um, really enjoyed watching it. Tell me about the filming of the video. Absolutely. So actually I shot this in Jaipur in Rajasthan. So it's the north of India. We shot this last year uh, just before COVID hit. So it was kind of crazy, you know, there's like four days worth of a shoot. Uh, every day was close to 20 hours worth of shooting and 
it was like really cold in the morning really hot during the day because this was all done in february of 2020 and we were just like we had this plan i worked with uh, this incredible director her name is suruchi sharma with her production company and just like pitched all of these ideas which then became because at one point we were like okay this is way too many ideas and well let's let's bring it down to one and actually in the end we just ended up having like okay every day we went to a new location one was at this beautiful fair uh, where i'm sitting on top of a uh, standing actually on top of this very rickety ferris wheel while this drone is capturing like the shot of me being afraid up there but actually i was really afraid and then um there was this other one where this bike is going all around me and i'm in this um thing that's called the well of death so it was just like all these amazing moments being captured amazing locations uh there was a camel involved uh there was a beautiful uh, mirror maze involved so all of the things that i think uh, that sometimes we think of them as normal but actually they could be one person's dream is someone else's nightmare or one yeah. person's fear is is something normal for someone else so capturing all of that was what the video is all about yeah okay so if people um, want to follow you download your music and uh, you know keep abreast of your career how can they do that shilpa The best way to do this would be to follow me on Instagram because I'm very active there. I'm constantly posting about gigs or releases or shows and stuff. And then the other thing would be to follow me on Spotify as well as YouTube. So you get my streaming on Spotify and Apple Music as well as YouTube for the videos and then Instagram is where you get just me, you know, in my in my glory. <laughs> and finally, uh the timing of your Giga Expo this weekend. It is between 9:30 and 12. I'm going to be playing at 11 p.m. on November 5th, Friday at the Jubilee stage. Fantastic. So good to chat with you and we wish you well for that gig and for the rest of your career. Shil- Shilpa Ananth with us live yes. on the show. Have a great day. Thank you, Mark.